It's the Ontario Holstein Branch Podcast with your hosts, Cole Thurberg and James Cranston. Good morning. Welcome to the Ontario Holstein Podcast. With your host, Cole Verberg, and James Cranston, except without James Cranston. Unfortunately, James is busy trying to get activists to leave his yard, so he'll likely be tied up for an hour and a half or two, or uh, he might get thrown in jail. Who knows? It's great to be back, and this episode we will be discussing activists. Uh, a little bit. We have a great interview with past president Dave Johnson um, from our time at the AGM. Uh, a little bit about his background, his operation, his family. Uh, it's a great interview that I'm sure you'll find very interesting. Uh, just wanted to get a little bit into animal activists in light of the recent uh, trespasses and um, even a theft of a dead calf, as well as um, video being released on Facebook, fortunately has not seemed to gain much traction in social media, and definitely none in any of the major media's television or radio, which is excellent. But it's obviously not a good thing to have animal activists roaming around on our farms. I imagine most of us have have nothing to hide, and uh, unfortunately, the few the few that do are the ones that get the attention. Uh, which I'm not saying is what happened in this case. Um, it looks to me like it's a, a fairly normal dairy farm. I definitely didn't watch the whole video. It was like an hour and 45 minutes long. Um, so I, I'm not sure, I'm not here to comment on which, what, whether or not these particular farmers are good farm managers or not. I'm completely staying out of that. Um, but um, from the little bit that I watched of the video, it looks just like a normal farm. Um... Unfortunately, there were there was at least one sick calf and at least one dead calf. I have no idea if the sick calf was being well looked after, uh, if she had been treated, if uh, she apparently had bedding on her, which uh, the animal rights activists took as a sign of neglect. Could be they're trying to keep her warm. Not sure. Um, this animal rights activist group uh, is called Direct Action Everywhere. Um, they about fifteen of them went onto this farm, which is trespassing. Um, it looks like the the farmers did not. I I don't know if the 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 owners were there. Um, there were two guys that that did approach the activists 
asked what they were doing. Uh, these guys may have been hired hands, not really sure. Um, I guess they... I'm not sure what exactly they said to them. It was unclear from the video. It was uh, the, the, peop the person that was shooting the video moved away from those two um, farm workers. So uh, it's possible they asked them to leave. Not really sure. Anyway, what we've done, we did a little bit of research uh, into the legalities of um, removing somebody from your property or asking somebody to leave. Obviously, the very first thing that you do if there's somebody on your property that you don't recognize or somebody that you know is an activist for sure, you call the cops. Um, what you should do is call the cops and report um, report a break and enter, uh, not a break and enter that has already occurred, but a uh, break and enter in process that would get the cops out a lot quicker. Apparently, the cops were called um, on this March 9th incident with direct action everywhere, and it took them uh, an hour and a half to get there as it was reported as a trespass. Um, there's not really any urgency in a trespass if they're not breaking and entering into buildings or harming anybody. Um, having said that, if it's taking the cops a while to get to your place, you are within your rights to physically remove somebody from your property. Um, unfortunately, this could come with a few different repercussions. Namely, if you harm them, obviously you can be sued or even um, you know charged with assault, arrested. You definitely want to avoid that. The second repercussion um, is that animal rights activists who are entering uh, somebody's farm property that are trespassing, they almost always, I would say probably nearly 100% of the time, have video cameras rolling. So physically removing somebody on video is not necessarily going to go over well. So the best course of action is to uh, alert the cops. If you have locks on your barn doors, lock the barn doors. Um, engaging these people is not always the smartest idea. Aside from activists being on your farm, it is uh, also very much a good idea to not engage with activists in person or online. Uh, just, it's, it's kind of a losing battle when you get into a, an argument, especially online. Online arguments are kind of pointless. You, you're never going to convince somebody to change their opinion on something online. So, just don't engage... Uh, having a conversation in person could be could be fine, but probably also just best not to uh, engage with an activist regardless. Uh, if you notice any suspicious activity on or near your farm, uh, as mentioned earlier, call the police, um, but also contact your field services rep from DFO. And uh, and just know that in in the background, what's happening right now, um, DFO is.
taking steps to um, to work with local and provincial authorities, um, working with DFC and national partners, um, just trying to prepare for um, a quite possible, uh, quite probably the inevitable. Uh, trespassing and uh, videotaping of uh, dairy farms. So, uh, as well, Ontario Holstein is um, uh, does have this on uh, future agendas for for meetings that are coming up. Uh, something that that we intend to work with uh, DFO on, um, if possible, uh, or for sure, just uh, at the bare minimum become very informed about activists and so we can help um, prepare our staff and and our staff can help prepare farmers to be ready for if an activist was to enter your property. So that's that on animal activists. Hopefully you are all spared the... um, the (laughs) trials, we'll say trials, of having to um, remove an activist from your farm or or hide out and lock your doors because an activist is on your farm, whatever you decide to do, hopefully you don't have to deal with that at all, ever. That would be best case scenario. Uh, In the meantime, try to prepare yourself in case it does happen. So without further ado, let's kick over to our interview with Dave Johnson. All right, we're here with Dave Johnson, president of the branch and uh, owner of a couple new Laley robots too, right? True. Two Laley robots. So uh, just give us a little bit of information about your farm, who you're farming with, and the... Uh, rise to greatness with your new robots and your new barn. Farm with my brother Doug. We are fifth generations on the farm since 1893. Been in our family. Um, old tie stall barn. Needed repairs. Wasn't big enough. It was time to uh, modernize and make it a lot easier. So we uh, leased the cows out, leased the quota out, tore the barn down. And put a new one right where the barn stood. How many? Put, uh, put in, put in. Uh, we had fifty-seven stalls in the old barn, and the new one has one hundred and eleven milk cow stalls. Nice. And two Lely A fives. So what? Uh, like what drew you to Lely as opposed to like a, a Gia or? From the top of my robot? from the top of my silo, I can see eleven other Lely robots and no other kind. So the service. Dealer's close by. The dealer is building a brand new state-of-the-art shop in Listowel, mm-hmm. which is with four miles away. Yeah, that's key. So that's, that's key. pretty cool. But it's we, amazing when you when you get looking around when you're building when you're touring and building. Like nobody ever asks like, what are your maintenance costs? Like, do you have a good dealer relationship? Or like, you know, you have a breakdown how quick till they're here. It's something. You should. That's, it's the most important thing. It's the most important yeah. thing, and you should check it out. And that was a big thing for us was the that Laylee is, is going to be so close. And I got yeah. neighbors that if I can't fix it, I can call a neighbor and mm-hmm. say, hey, what do I do with this? Yeah. 
Yep. We've got 40 minutes to the Gia dealer, 40 minutes to the Layla dealer, 40 minutes to the De La Valle dealer. I'll be, uh, I'll be like four minutes to the four dealer. It's not, it's not even necessarily the minutes though. It's who's running it, who's dedicated and who's, it's, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Everybody that we talked to that had dealt with this Layla dealer was all good news. That's good. But how, how long have you been in this, in the new bar? December 17th, so eight weeks. Not too long. Nine weeks. But you're happy. Very happy. Okay. Cows adjusted quicker than we did. Okay. It's a bigger yeah. adjustment for us than, than the cows. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. We had cows yeah. at uh, day three, we had to turn the feed on. So the first two days, every time they went in the robot, they got fed. Yeah. And at day three, we had cows going in ten times a day. <laughs> Yeah. So we had to they turn figured the, it out yeah. pretty yeah. quick. They eh? figured yeah. it out. So we had to turn the feed on where they only got fed so many times a day and milked. That's great. So that was pretty cool. If I go in here, I get grain. Hmm. It's amazing. Like, it kills the feed bill in a hurry. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. How, how many uh, how many different farms did you send your cows out to? One. Just one? One farm that milked, Took they milked 500. So they added my 60 wasn't the biggest. Is that, that's the one where we went to? That's yeah. the one where we went summer, to at the, at the board meeting. Yeah. Summer day? Is that it? Yes. Uh, new morning. New morning. New morning. Also. Summer day. New, new morning. morning. Yeah, of course. Same thing. Yeah. We were in the that, park. That was a neat farm. Very well run. Yeah. Huge. With a Just, really great respect for good cows. Yeah. They had and nine new excellence last Wednesday, Thursday with Cloud mm-hmm. Spark. Nice. Nice. One from 82 points to 91. Really? Third caver, fourth caver, uh, like that. and that's a that's a freestyle herd, but not a robot herd. That's right. But so, it's nice to get them acclimatized yeah. to the to and the it worked out, It worked out really well for us to have the cows there. Yeah, and robot and freestall trained, and and they came home tough. Yep. Yeah. They do they do change when they got to move? Like yep. we did the same thing ten years ago, but we went from Tysol to. Uh, to to a freestall or parlor operation, and uh, they went to they left freestall stall went to a freestall for six months while we built the barn, and they came home and all the hard work was done in the first two weeks mm-hmm. when they were in the new freestall because they got parlor trained. Yeah. You figured out which cows needed to go, kind of which cows needed to stay. Yeah. We've been asked to take back our, out of the stall. We've been asked to take our herd in, um, end of March, early April. That is a robot herd now. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and I would con- I definitely would consider that we got room for it. We've also been asked in the fall to take in a tie stall herd. Yeah, that, well, and, and that one I'm not so sure. That's about. more work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yep. You're almost better. I, tra- I know. You're almost better to train them in a loose environment on the parlor. Then you're moving them, and then they get used yes. to it. Yeah. I know what Nooms went through with my cows. Mm. We, we were there for a lot of the help, but but I just know how much work it was, and what I'm not sure. That. Yeah, yeah. For now, sure. I guess it depends on what they're willing to pay you, but yeah, that's right. Everything has a price, but still, the aggravation and the time, I guess, is worth yeah. quite a bit. So, you have three kids? Four. Four kids? Three boys and a girl. Seth, Sam, Caleb, Caleb, Hannah. Yeah. It's a busy house. They're all playing hockey. Three out of the four. Sam's a college. Seth's in midget rep playing in the OMHA semis now. We're going to Penetang. 
Just, just, a, just a wee trip. Yeah. <laughs> Could have been coming to here. Really? In this morning. And Penitent put out in this morning. Okay. Which is Tara's home spot for hockey. Yeah. Okay. Her kid is going to Soggy Shore, so they're driving through Lustful another On the hour. Other way. Another <laughs> hour right to the lake. Can you trade? That's like that's like when you're driving on the four one and you're you're following a, a big transport. A truck of logs, right? Yeah. And you see on the other side, there's a big transport load of logs going the other way. You're like, yeah. hey, like, couldn't they have like called each other up? Hey, you need logs? Yeah, I need logs. Hey, hey, we've got logs. Hey, we have logs too. Like, why do we need to truck them back and forth? Got, they got four to four and a half hour drive each way. Oh, oh from from man. here. How and how? Once a week or twice a week? Well, it'll be a three or five series, so I think they'll go up there for two games. Come back, come back here for two, and and, and, holy! And and Tara knows they're going to get beat. Where they're going, Soggy and Shores is really good. Seth has refed them this year, and he says they're crazy good. At that point, don't you hope there's somebody on the team with like a twelve-person like econo van that can just Mm. take most of the kids? No, no. I think at that double staying overnight. At, yeah. th- at that point, what you're hoping for is your kid makes the NHL so he can pay hmm. you back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, kid, I didn't do this for nothing. Yeah, yeah. You better get drafted. Your kid's going to farm with you? Yeah? They want to. I'm making them work out for a couple of years. Is the plan Sam's done in April? He's been in job interviews and stuff already. Yeah. What do you go for? Um, he actually had a second job interview today, but he couldn't make it due to weather. Hmm. It's a, I don't know if he's, it's classifier. It's classifier. Okay. And what do you go? Another he's, young. He's uh, going to a Ridgetown as ag business. Ag another business. young single another young. that in a couple of years wants to come home and farm. Yeah. He's well, supposed to go to just Maplewood. when he gets real good at it. Yeah. He's uh-huh. supposed to go to Maplewood today. But well, no, listen, make. he's at Johnson. He'll be good at it right off the hop, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Dave, you're also a, uh, you've been working at Olex for how many years? 30 plus. 30 yeah. plus. And you auction here there on Thursdays? Every Thursday. Do you have a favorite cow you ever auctioned off? Yep. The name was um, CGM Mark Angie. Chief Mark? No. Some Mark Bull that didn't make it. Okay. <laughs> she was an 88-pointer. Mark. 88-pointer that wouldn't work in an old robot 15 or 18 years ago. Okay. And I bought her as a diamond in the rough, and she was my first excellent cow. Nice. You bought her as the auctioneer? Yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So... When you're auctioneering and bidding on it, how do you how do you work that? Can you give us a little sample of like you're like auctioning and calling your own bid? Like, so if you're bidding, yes, you just look somewhere else. Pull a bid, bid, come back. Pull the bid from over there, come back. Uh, Pull a bid over there. Even if it's that blue pillow over there that's bidding, you just make sure this guy. And depending who is bidding, some people will know that you're running them. Really. Yeah. See, I was trained by Dave Carson, and he said, "If if you don't end up with one or two at the end of every sale, you're not pushing you hard. Job. You're not pushing hard enough." Yeah. So we've run, we've done quite a few auction sales at our place, and like, you know, I don't, I don't mind. Like, we've got five or six in the sale. I'm more than willing to take a few home. Like, so you know, you start a few, like, just to get them going, right? Because a lot of people, it's funny, you know, they won't look at them unless they're a certain price. So you got to get them going. And same thing. If I don't get stuck with 
two or three, well, then I wasn't in enough. Yep, you're not pushing hard enough. <laughs> I was hoping to get you to do a little auctioning. Yes. Man, a little smell of uh, WD-40 cigarette smoking shavings. And I'm Actually, right in, this, in this hotel this weekend is the auction championships. Really? The Auctioneers Association of Ontario have their annual meeting and you're convention gonna... here, and I'm not in it this year. Why not? So how do they determine a champion? Do they... Four judges. Okay, and they just auction off any random item? Yeah, or? that's actually held at, usually at an auction place. Okay. And there's four judges, and the, actually four to five, and the top score and bottom score are thrown out. Mm-hmm. And your, your scores, so last year okay. I got second, the year before I got third, the year before I got second in Ontario. And how come you're not in this year? Because I'm going to be home farming because I'm here till Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And my brother's away, so I'm going home to farm for and a couple days. And you're a counselor in town council. And I'm on my sixth term on council. And you've got cows to milk. And, and I'm going to miss a sale on you Thursday. You milk cows. Yeah. Robot. But everything else is pretty busy. There's but a, hey, like... So I'm, gonna, I'm not coming back to the championships. No, no, no. Not this hey, year. Hey, we'll just, like, we'll assume you would have been first. Right. I mean, based on that clip right there, I think. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Someday we'll I'd like to win, but yeah. I'm going to retire soon, too. From auctioning? Or yeah, from farming? Auctioning. Oh. Okay. Does Hypo know that? Not really. <laughs> Jim, if you're listening, just so you know. <laughs> Your time is limited. You can't do everything forever. That's right. I've yeah. been 30 plus years. Yeah. Time to give a young guy a chance. I, um... I often, when I'm in the middle of a 40-acre hay field or, you know, chisel plowing or whatever, I will, like, just... Auction. I will auction. I'll do a good... Really? I do it, like, I do a little Brian Craswell, Brian Craswell impression that isn't good, but... Should we, hear, should we hear that right now? Should we? We should. <clears throat> hey, now, what are you going to bid for? What are you now? 10 now, 20 now, 30 now, 40,000, 50 now, what are you saying now? Go. Now, 5, 3, 2, 1. Now, you start with 15 now, 17 now, 18 now, 19. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's not bad. I get too quick, and you gotta like, it's gotta go fast. Like auctioneering fast. Your brain, your brain you has have to, to go ahead. really fast, but in your head, you gotta be like, yeah, your brain's gonna be here. That's why you gotta. So when you learn auctioning, and I've taught a couple Mennonites, one that was now uh, the Ontario champion, yeah. about five years ago. You do, you don't do any auctioning in between. You actually just do your numbers. One two three four five six seven eight nine ten nine eight seven five four three two one two three four five six seven eight nine ten, mm-hmm. and you do that till it drives you nuts. Till mm-hmm. they're in your head, and you can do them without thinking. Yes. And that's and then you add the words. Because when you pull the bids, then you just your your yeah, mind. You don't have to think about what yeah, number comes thinking. next. Yeah. So I used to do it while I was driving every every hydro pull. Uh-huh. I would change numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was when at University of Guelph, I used to do it while I could do it while I was reading a book. I would just do my numbers, and, yeah. I, and I went through a roommate every semester. Because <laughs> <laughs> I drove nuts. Yeah. It wasn't? No doubt. <laughs> any number of reasons, probably because of the auction. Yeah. <laughs> now, is- that always fascinated me because you're, you're pulling bids, you're doing this, and you're, you're pulling bids from air. Like you're, yeah. you're, and if you're, you're tired, you can't auction worth a damn. Because yeah. you can't yeah. remember. You can't remember. Your mind's not as sharp, and you're... I sell a cow and Hypo will say to me, who bought her? I don't know. I'm just waiting to see if somebody moves. Yeah. Wait to see who. Oh, over there, I think. Yeah. But I'm not sure. So, oh, he's writing her down. This guy yeah. over here. 
Uh, otherwise, it was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> if your mind's not sharp. You just you're uh-huh. you're out in la la land. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But if I'm at an auction and Christine walks in, if I'm auctioning, I'll chat with her while I'm auctioning. I'll throw it. How you doing? What's going on? Yeah. Right in the middle of chatting, and she'll be listening for it. I feel like that's some next level stuff. <laughs> it's like subconscious, like. The subliminal messages. <laughs> so we ran like we, I read pedigrees a couple like at our sales and it's uh, it's a bit of a thrill. I'll always love Brent Walker. He's my like I grew up on him at uh, Brewbackers yeah. going there once a month and I I just he had that little like that the way he rattled away like I just love that. It's a thrill for me to work with him. Mm-hmm. So I now a lot of their sales I'll read pedigrees. Mm-hmm. And clerk. So a lot of times now it's just Brent and I in the auction booth and they don't pay a clerk. So I'll write down the price and Brent will write down the buyer. Mm-hmm. So while I'm looking up the next cow to start reading pedigrees, I'll have the price written down and he'll write down the buyer and we carry on. Oh, you go. But I, I love working with Brent. I, mm-hmm. I could listen to him all day. I was uh, a very, like, first time I ever read pedigrees was at the convention sale we ran in uh, 13. Or about my robust best taste one terror success story best best cat I ever bought yeah um, <laughs> she's still there well that's good the um, so he's auctioning here I have no idea what the hell I'm doing I'm just going off what I've seen and what I think I should say and, and I go because uh, Brent was always he'd just drop a joke in and if you weren't paying attention you wouldn't get it you wouldn't hear it but if you were like it was yeah. hilarious you know Gets talking away, talking. I'm like, Brent, I gotta say, he's like, Well, I think yeah, I gotta say something. He's like, Well, I think you better. Like, we're just languishing away, like, we're like 1500 bucks on this. Ever. Like, well, Brent, you know, I better say that she's like this. I'm like, well, well, you better. I was like, oh. Man, I'm like, just chop me down a little bit. Come on, but it was hilarious. And didn't get a bit up then. I don't think my speech uh, did more than a couple hundred bucks, but at the well, time, it wasn't uh, inspiring. I was, I was happy to make it. I was happy to make it. So, Dave, breeding philosophies. What are you? What are you going for? What bulls are you using? What do you? You breeding for small cows? Now you're in a robot. I hear a lot of people say that. Not necessarily a robot freestyle. Like uh, you get used to breeding for smaller cows. It's not something we did. We've always bred for udders. It's always mm-hmm. been something. Yeah, that's uh, udders first. Yeah, yeah. Always was udders first type and udders. Uh, now that we're in the freestyle, I think we got to look at. at uh, feet and legs a little more closer, right. um, and likely we'll look at teeth placement. It's pretty strong as well. Okay. Okay. Um, really, really happy with my high octane cows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've been still been using quite a bit of high octane across the board, and uh, just starting to calve in our first control heifers, and really, really like the look of them. Okay. And we're milking two expanders, and that's a high octane son, and that's a bull that I think is really gonna. Mm-hmm. So far, so far, I'm really impressed. So, Expander's a bull that I was always on the fence on. Like I should use him, but I never did. Like it just, it never. I think he's a command, a Larkrest commander son, or like he's got he's some high octane, yeah, high octane from a Nuno. I don't know why I never used him, but I always looked at him and thought I should use that bull. And I never did. And now I hear you have like the third or fourth guy I've heard good reports back from, and I think I should have just used him. But oh well. 
couldn't quite pull the trigger. Yeah, I know. I failed again. Right? So we'll likely watch the uh, watch deep placements a little more. Mm. Yeah. And move yeah. feet and legs up the list. Feet and legs, and I mean, you're pretty new into it. Uh, what are you doing for a foot bath? Versus what, did you did you treat the feet at all? Did you have strawberry in the old barn? We did, and the cows came home with quite a bit of it. Yeah. yeah. My foot bath isn't finished yet. Okay. Yeah. So we trimmed everybody and wrapped the berries that were there. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that we struggle with at first, you know, keep from the tie stall. We had very, very limited strawberry. Get into the freestyle and try to manage that. All of a sudden. Yeah. And we had we had controlled traffic, so we had milk first. Yeah. So we what we attempted was a foot bath at the back of the barn. Once a week run everybody through. Well, once a week, one time through the foot bath, it's not enough. So that's something we struggled with at first and so you know, yeah, my so play with it. What are you What are you planning outside the robot or? It's actually at the far end of the barn. Yeah, is how it's designed. At the front end, like that, I can. They pass through it naturally, or are you going to force them through force it? Them through force them through it. You're, what are you planning once a once a day, once I a week? I don't know. Just see how it goes. Not sure. That's kind of what we had at first, and then you kind of adapt as you go. Like, okay, we need more, we need less, whatever. So we had tried a lot of different products, and we're actually using formaldehyde now, and it's. It's made a big difference, actually. It's cheaper. Yeah, and it's it the cheapest well. product out there. Yeah. We've actually changed our stalls already. So when we moved in, we had um, sand in them with straw on top, right. and it wasn't making much of a pack. And now we've gone to composted bull manure, okay. which we get free from the bull stud down the road, and we're filling the stalls full of this compost, and it's working out really well. Okay. So the sand wasn't packing enough, like they kicked it out too much? Yep. Okay. They were dead, they were rooting through it. It okay. wasn't packing down. And the stalls seemed empty. So then we filled them up with this compost and it's working out really good. Good. Still putting straw on top? Straw on top mm. and lime. Okay. Sprinkle the lime in twice a week. Straw, lime, and a bunch of bull crap. <laughs> and the, the ladies love it. So not a month, not many guys are bedding their cows with bullshit, but we. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. The Johnsons are thriving on bullshit. Is that <laughs> sex and technology is bullshit? <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. When you're not farming and you're not auctioning, what do you do for fun? Hockey coach. Coach your kids' teams. Yeah. Ontario Holstein branch president. It's pretty much the most fun you can. That's fun. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and usually st- something with my kids. Yeah. So hockey coach. Uh, two kids are into track and field, so either going to a track meet somewhere, mm-hmm. basketball game, or hockey games. What um, what track events are they into? Hannah does all. Okay. Uh, Seth does long, triple, and high jump. Okay. And he's going to mm-hmm. move into javelin this year. The really? coach has him training on javelin. It's a shoulder strength event, so I would imagine he's a big he's strong kid. Big strong, big strong kid. So we'll see. No, all, all through high school, I, I threw shot put, so I was like, like it was just another excuse to go to a track meet and not have to go to school. And, and you watch enough track, and you really get a gain an appreciation for all the different. He made he made offs uh, at uh, triple jump last year. Mm. Well, nice. So, and do his track coaches like forbid him from playing other sports? Mm, they have suggested it, 
but he, he no, he plays hockey and basketball and volleyball yeah. with the high a, school. I don't, I don't really. No, this is sort of a different topic. I don't really think he specializes. No, as a high school kid, he's, he's not gonna. He's not going to the Olympics. Well, that's just it, right? He's Unless in it, you he's are in it for not, fun. not yet. No, he's not in it for fun. Enjoy, enjoy yourself and uh, play yeah. a bunch of different sports. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted to go back for a fifth year just for athletics, but then he realized. I, I said I kind of discouraged it because I said you're one sprained ankle away from wasting a year of your life. Yeah. And he he finally had a buddy got hurt, and he said, "Yeah, you know what? Mm. He's not doing athletics this year now because of that." So yeah. they have sports and. College and universities. He's, he's going to a couple classes that he really doesn't want to go to. <laughs> yeah, for, for no nothing, reason. For no yeah. reason. Yeah. That's right. So he's uh, to play sports with a bunch of young yeah. kids. He's got his college applications out. He's been accepted everywhere. Good. So he's going to go to Ridgetown. Fun. Awesome. And Christine is. She is the head of imaging, so X-ray and ultrasound at Palmerston Hospital. Beauty. And she won't be joining us this weekend or this week because she just got back from holidays in Bolivia working in a... Bolivia? Her and Seth went down and worked um, in a home for underprivileged kids cool. for 16 days. Like a missions trip? Yep. Through our, through our Baptist church in Listful. So they just got back last Friday. Cool. So she's used up a lot of her holidays. Yeah. So, so <laughs> back to not, work. Yeah. Syria. I feel like the weather in Bolivia was slow. 26, 27 degrees. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah. yeah. Just okay. Just okay. They were down there uh, working with uh, this home that takes in underprivileged kids and tough kids. So 13-year-old prostitutes. Oh, 13-year-olds wow. that are forced into prostitutes. Nine-year-olds wow. that have been raped. It's a little Man. bit of a tough spot. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. So they go down and they we they uh, two years ago they put a second story on this building. So this time they fixed it up and added more rooms to it and mm. painted, played with the kids. Seth was a big hit with the kids. They're all uh, okay. South Americans are pretty short. Yeah, a six five foot redhead, <laughs> in, in with white skinned redhead, yeah. Yeah. six yeah. foot five kid. Yeah, he was quite a hit. He was Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, they call him the big, big Cheezo or something like that. He just <laughs> he would wrestle six of them and just have yeah. a blast. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. We'll uh, definitely get this onto a podcast in the near future. We'll have the bad parts, leaving the good parts. You know how it there is. are no bad parts. It's Dave. It's always bad parts. <laughs> <laughs> James is here. The, yeah. <laughs> I just get shit on already. <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Ontario Holstein podcast. If you have any comments, questions, uh, topics you'd like us to uh, explore for future podcasts, shoot us a tweet at Holstein Pod. That's at Holstein Pod. Or you can send us an email. Thanks for listening.